Adults, if you have your Bible, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We want to finish a three-part message on Saul's moods and David's music. Saul's moods and David's music. You know anyone that's moody? No, don't answer that. I'm just going to... I don't want to start messing too soon. I'll, I'll wait to the end. That's a good intro to an altar call. Amen? <laughs> All need to get that moody thing. <laughs> Be set free from that moody thing. Have the altar filled. Amen. We all have our moments, don't we? Yeah, we do. We're all made out of the same stuff. First Samuel 16. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version because our key verse just kind of says it a little better in the New King James. So, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Saul's servant said, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful at playing the harp. And it shall be that he'll play it with his hand. And when that distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you'll be better, you'll be well, you'll be refreshed. And so Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him. Verse 18, And then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen the son of Jesse the Bethlehemite who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Verse 23, And so it was, whenever the Spirit from God came upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand, and then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing Spirit would depart from him. Saul's moods and David's music, part three. Now, when God rejected King Saul, because of his disobedience, he came under divine discipline. God allowed an evil spirit to harass and oppress and torment the king. Now, that led to a suggestion that a skillful musician be found to come and soothe the king's spirit. This opens the door, of course, for David to get access um, exposure to the court and education that he'll need later on. Now, our, our sermon had three main parts, and we touched um, on the first week a warning. It was a warning, and we called it the intruding spirit. The intruding spirit, that's verses 14 and 15. And it's a warning from the life of Israel's first king, King Saul. He started so good, and then he fell so low. He lost his crown. And we read how Jesus um, warned his people. Jesus... Um, he urged his people, Revelation 3, he said, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. But King Saul lost his crown. We touched on the reality from his life that you can lose out. I can lose out with God if we become careless and negligent and disobedient in our spiritual walk. So number one, we saw there was a warning for all of us. King Saul had the touch of God. He had the calling. He had the anointing. But that is no guarantee of a strong finish. And we should all be warned by that. That we have to make up our mind. We're going to serve Him faithfully to the end. Amen? We're going to stay strong. And if we do miss it, we're not going to be like Saul that made excuses about it. We're going to be like David that humbles our heart and says, Lord, create in me a clean heart. I'm sorry I missed it. Give me another chance. And God who's rich in mercy, He'll do that. He's a wonderful God. But there was a warning. But last week we said there was a revelation. And we said this is the interesting suggestion. And that comes from verses 15 and 16 where the servant says, let's bring in a musician to minister to the king. Bring in a musician to give relief to the king. And we expounded last time the spiritual truth that music does minister and there is power in praise. So child of God, don't lose your song. Child of God, don't neglect your praise. It'll work if you work it. Can you say amen? It'll work if you work it. It's powerful and it's effective. For there is power in the believer's praise and worship, whether it's individually or corporately. 
And anointed music, we said, and we looked through the Scripture, anointed music brings glory to God and brings encouragement and inspiration to the people of God and brings mm, resistance and rejection, defeat to the enemies of God. And now this morning, number three, we're going to look at the example. His name is David. And we call this the inspired selection. And most of our thoughts will come out of that one verse, verse 18. They eventually did find the perfect person to soothe the king. Young David. And in verse 18, this one verse reveals a lot about David. And it should speak to us and give us a good pattern to imitate and to follow. The key to David's success in life. You see it at the tail end of that verse. The Lord was with him. Man, you can have everything out, but the Lord's not with you. You don't have anything. Amen? I mean, you can have money, you can have good looks, you can have all that, but if the Lord's not with you, things are going to sag, money's going to go. You've got to have the Lord with you. Can you say amen? The Lord was with David. He, he walked with God. Therefore, he found favor in the eyes of God. He used his gifts to serve God. He loved and worshipped God unashamedly. And as long as he followed God, as long as he put God first, he was blessed. And that's how it works. You see, David, at this point in time, had not yet killed Goliath. So he was still pretty much unknown to most of the people. But this anonymous servant of Saul had watched him had noticed him, had recognized some important things about this young man's life and recommended him to the king. Hey, you never know who's watching you. Don't ever forget that. You never know who's watching you. You witness on the job years and years and you think you can take a day off. That's just when someone's watching you. You you think you can put it in cruise control. That's just when God says, I was getting ready to use you. Folks, you never know who's watching you. So make up your mind each and every day on the mountain top in the valley in the morning or evening i'm going to love the lord i'm going to walk faithful before the lord and i'm going to be a good witness for the lord amen yeah now for sure there was other young men in the kingdom that were good at music that were um warrior types but what stood out the most what most impressed Saul's servant was that the lord was with david man you can tell when the lord's with them and when the lord's not Kind of like anointing. It's one of those things hard to describe, but you know when it's there, you know when it ain't, as they used to say. Hallelujah. Yeah. This all used to have it. And now he didn't. But he could see David. He had it. You see, the Lord was with David, but that was not by accident. It wasn't by pedigree. No, no, no. And if we want God to be with us, then we got to do our part to be with Him. And understand, there is no higher compliment than that men might say, the Lord is with him. The Lord is with her. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, well number one, very just, just to sum things up, among other things, it means spiritual character. The Lord is with someone. It speaks of that person has a spiritual character. In our lingo, they have a Christ-likeness. They have a godliness without, and they have a sincerity within. But it's just the previous chapter when Samuel went to anoint David in the presence of his brothers. Samuel, that great prophet, he's impressed by the other sons of Jesse. He's impressed by um, David's older brothers. And God has to caution this mighty prophet. Listen, prophet Samuel, don't be misled by outward appearance. Because I, the Lord, I look on the heart. I look deeper than just a talent. I look deeper than how they look in a suit. I look deeper than who their father is. I look at a man's heart. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, don't you ever forget that. Don't be swayed by the outward. Don't be moved this world and this culture. Big this and big that. The God we serve, He puts the stethoscope on a person's heart and He's listening for character. He's listening for sincerity. He's listening for honesty. I never forget one of my um, principals in grade school was all Mr. Shelley. He was a scout for the um, St. Louis Cardinals. And I remember talking with Mr. Shelley, and he said, Joe, he said, if I could only look within the inside of a lot of these players, I could throw away my stopwatch. He said, oh, I wouldn't have to be watched. I could throw away a lot of those stats if I could just see within and what they got on the inside. 
God is with a man or a woman that has spiritual character. David was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. He was a man of humility. He was a man that lived for God to be glorified, not for David to be exalted. In fact, many years later when the musician Asaph, he wrote of David in Psalm 78, verse 72, and he writes, So David shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart. The Lord was with David. He was a man of spiritual character. The Lord was with David. He was a man that had divine power. When God is with someone, that means there is a spiritual blessing, a spiritual anointing, a spiritual grace upon that life to do the works of God, to live out and fulfill the assignments of God. For whomever God calls, He empowers and He enables. And this was very evident in David's life. Even as a young teen where he's killing lions and he's killing bears as he protects the flocks of God. Of course, later on we see it as he leads the troops of God into battle. And God will bless the works of your hands when you walk with God. God will bless when God is with a man or a woman. There is grace upon their life. There is divine favor upon their life. Jesus said, you shall receive power when my Spirit comes upon you. And that will equip you and that will enable you. You can live this life. You can live it wherever this life takes you. Because the greater one abides within you. And when you walk with God, God says, I'll walk with you. And I'll enable your hands to do my works. I'll enable your voice to declare my words. Whoever you are today, you can make it right where you're at. Whoever you are today, you might be the only one saved in your home. You can be a bright and shining light. You might be the only one in that department that loves Jesus. The others are into the darkness and the wickedness of this world. But you can remain strong and you can be a bright and shining light. God said, if you'll walk with me, I'll empower you and I'll give you what you need to live this life and live it as more than a conqueror. The Lord was with him. It speaks of character and it speaks of divine power. But it also speaks of opposition. You see, Saul was enjoying his ministry for a moment, but Saul is soon to turn on David. And for years, some seven to ten years, Saul's jealousy, his insecurity, drove him to pursue David, to lie about David, to attempt to take his life. And of course, we know Jesus, the greatest of all the ancestors of David, He lived a perfect life. He lived a sinless life. God was with him like no other, yet he had to endure opposition, misunderstanding, rejection. You see, even when the Lord is with you, it doesn't exempt you from the trials in the tests of life. In fact, if God is with you, you write it down. That faith will be tested. That integrity will be tested. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but thank God He delivers us. But understand, when God is with a person, that doesn't exempt us. That doesn't make us an exception. God says, if I'm with you, hell's going to be against you. If I'm with you, you're going to be tried and tested more than other men. But but don't you be afraid because greater is He that's within you than he that's in the world. And if I before you, who can be against you? Blessed be His holy name. You see, not everyone is cheering when you decide to get on fire for the Lord. Sometimes being lukewarm is the safest thing to do in the Christian experience. Just get enough that no one's bugging you for not being a believer, but don't get too on fire that, that those around you will get uncomfortable. But God is calling calling for a sold out people. God is calling for a people that will give their whole life to serve the Lord and to love the Lord. In such a time as this, we don't have time to play patty cake. We don't have time just to coast through life. Too many are dying. Too many are struggling. Too many are lost and they need to hear of the hope we have within us. Too many are hurting and they need to be touched with the anointing oil that flows from us. Oh, somebody, I want you to know that not everyone's going to cheer for you when you get on fire. Your girlfriend might leave you if you get serious with Jesus. Your best friend might say, I don't want to hang with you anymore. If you get serious with Jesus, 
2 Timothy 3 and 12. We can't make it any plainer than that. In fact, it's a fact. Paul says, write it down. It's a fact. Everyone. Anybody here want to live godly? I got some of you. All right. Everyone who wants to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So if you're not ready to get persecuted, then, then you, you, got, you can't serve the Lord. It comes with the package, don't it? Isn't that right? Oh, so you make up your mind. Sink or swim. They can leave me if they want. I'm not letting go of Jesus. Oh, they can call me names if they want to. They called him names. Ah, you can call me names. I'll carry it as a badge of honor because I love the Lord. I need the Lord. He's worthy. He's wonderful. Glory be to His name forevermore. And the Lord was with David. And it speaks of having godly character. The Lord is with him. It speaks of having an unction or a power, a blessing upon your life because God enables those that He calls. And He equips us for our assignments. Brings opposition. Jesus said, how they treated me, they'll treat you. But it also brings blessing. Not just temporal, carnal blessing. It means lasting blessing. David blessed many people, I mean, after his death. And he's still blessing people today. You read the Scripture, you'll, you'll see that God speaks to Israel, and he quotes, he talks about David. David's been dead a couple hundred years. And God says, you know, you deserve for me to really chastise you, Israel, but I'm only going to give you a portion because of David's sake. Because David was faithful, I'm not going to obliterate you. I'm going to honor him. He's been dead 200 years, and he's still affecting how God deals with men. I want you to know if you and I will really make up our minds to walk with God. To be a people that the Lord is with. Then our lives will leave lasting, blessing, and example. Hear all these athletes, generational wealth. How about some generational blessing? Come on, say amen. Got the devil's cow talking about the curse. That's a curse in itself. I'm talking about being blessed. You can walk with God and your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids' lives will be changed. Why? Because you made up your mind. We're going to honor God's house. We're going to believe God's Word. We're not going to be ashamed to lift up the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. I'm feeling good all by myself. i got nothing to do tonight, folks. I'm just going to let it out. Hallelujah. Woo! And that Sunday night, I'd have three hours in the morning then. Hey, hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you, if you walk with God, there is a rich, godly heritage for the generation that follows us. What are you leaving? What kind of example are you leaving your kids and your grandkids? I can't talk to the ones that never come because they don't ever come. Well, they're going to raise up their kids, their kids aren't going to come. You don't come, they're not going to come. They're going to think Sunday's the day go on the lake. Well, you know, bad example. There's a lasting legacy for those that walk with God. You say amen, you say ouch. But I just, I'm on gear two. I haven't hit five. We store riches in heaven, but we also leave blessings on earth. You say when you walk with God. Yes, 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 you'll, you, you'll store riches in heaven, but you'll leave. Lasting blessing on earth. All right, that, that was the beginning. Now let's look at three traits listed in this one verse, verse 18. Things that stood out in David's life and made him useful to the Lord and desirable for his king. Number one, in verse 18, it says that David, I have seen a son of Jesse who is skillful in playing. He was, number one, a skillful, and I'm highlighting that word skillful, a skillful musician. God gives us skills, and He wants us to develop them and to use them. He wants our skills to bless people and bring glory to His name. Now remember, He had been called to play for the king. I want you to get this. David had been called to play for the king. So he had to be good. I mean, he had to be good. He got called to play for the king. No time for amateur hour. You got to play for the king. King's hurting. The king is the, the devil's on the king's case. We need we, no time to say what note was that again? Where's that sound here? Is that it? 
is it do re mi fa sol la di fa sol la di do re mi? You know, no time for amateur hour. Some people wonder, well, why, why can't I ever make it to the next level? Well, you, you act like the level below you, not the level beyond you. Come on, say amen. Say, oh, Jesus. I said he was a skillful musician. His skill made a way for him. Who would have thought out there in the wilderness watching sheep, but he was playing in excellence and developing. Who would have thought God would have used that to give him access into his ultimate calling and anointing? And we belittle things. We give half-hearted effort to things and we think it's okay. And the pastor will stroke you because we need another seat to fill another seat. But, but God isn't always pleased with that. So I said, man, he pre- I'm preaching like I'm 30 again. I don't know. Come on. He was a skillful musician. And that enabled him. And that positioned him. And God used that. But it wasn't by accident. He had to practice. He had to prepare. He had to give diligence and devotion to develop what God had deposited You see, being this good man, he worked. He worked at it. He developed it. He practiced it. It was not an automatic thing. You see, some gifts never go beyond the potential or the embryo form. But the Bible says he was a skillful musician. He had developed that talent and that gift made a way. It opened doors for him. It allowed God to use him in a special way. It it brought blessing. To others, because he took what God gave him, and he worked it, and he matured it, and he prepared it, and he exercised it. And the Lord wants our best efforts and our best participation to develop what he's given us, to use fully what he's given us. Remember, with those coach Bobby Knight, um, that, that said one time, it's not so much the will to win, but it's the will to prepare that separates the average from the champion. Everybody wants to win when you get out there, but who's paid the price before you got there? That's what typically separates. Who's gassing in the fourth quarter? They can't even lift up their head. Sure, they want to win, but they didn't want to win bad enough to run the sprints. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Gifts developed and devoted to God and anointed by God will advance His kingdom, will bring Him glory, will open up doors for our opportunity, will impart blessing, and will become, when we do it with a heart unto the Lord, it actually becomes an act of our worship to God. You know, you can mow the lawn, and it's an act of worship to God. You can make that meal and bring it to the shut-in, the widow. It can be an act of worship to God. You can take the gift God has given you. So many different gifts. You can take it and bury it. Or you can take it and really exercise it. And really use it. Really be faithful in it. And God said, I'll open up doors, but you got something to give now. I gave it to you to begin with, but you did something with it. And now I can... And it becomes an act of our worship to bless others and to glorify God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. God desires that we discover that we develop and then we dispense of our gifts for His glory. we got to discover them. Now, not everyone will look at you and say a gift, but if you work at it, if it's there, people will notice. Anybody ever hear that old actor, Fred Astaire? Anybody ever hear that? I know some of you have. Fred Astaire. I read an article. He was one of the, he was a crooner and, you know, the top hat type twirlers, whatever. And um, back in the day, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, he was it. But I, but I read 1932 when Astaire was start, just starting out. A Hollywood talent judge wrote on his screen test, this guy can't act, this guy can't sing, he could dance a little bit. Don't be waiting for someone else to say you're any good at it. If you got it, start working. And if you work it and it's there, everyone will see it down the road. Amen? Don't, don't wait for someone else. If it's there, get at it. Get at it. Get at it. God desires that we discover, develop, and dispense our gifts. Remember, I, I don't choose my gifts. If I could, I would sing like Pavarotti. I'd break the windows, man. I, I'd bring it. They'd hear me down at the racetrack. 
Then sings my soul. Amen. How great thou art, brother. Hallelujah. But we don't get to choose our gifts. Isn't that right? I, 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 I wouldn't be this short either. I mean, I, I, we, we don't get to choose. I don't choose my gift. I discover my gift because God deposits my gift. But then I have to develop my gift. And then for the glory of God, distribute, dispense my gift. I develop my gift by using my gift in its present form and in its present opportunity. If you can't play twinkle, twinkle, you're never going to tickle those ivories and go up and down and really bless it. I mean, just, you know, you got to work it. You got to work what you got. You have to use it. You have to get with some mentoring that can help you and inspire you and urge you. You study and you learn. You get in the right atmosphere. You know there's certain atmospheres that kill gifts. And then there's atmospheres that help them flourish and bloom. Watch what atmosphere you get your gift around. Hallelujah. Let's look First Peter 4, 10 and 11. I've got to go quick. Each one of these is a little old sermon by itself. First Peter 4, 10 and 11. Talking about our gifts. David was a skillful musician. God was with him. And God used him. But it wasn't automatic and it wasn't by accident. David worked what God had given him. He recognized what God had deposited. He developed it. So it was good. Amen. And each one of us, each one, each one, each one, each one, that means everyone, everyone's got something. Amen. Each one, each one, each one. Let's say it. See, each one. That means you got a gift. Amen. Uh, I don't mean giving ulcers either. I mean a real gift. Amen. Someone's, you got a gift there, right? Giving heartburn. No. <laughs> Each one should use. We all got one, and God says we all use it. We're not to compete with it. We're not to compare it. We're not to feel bad because this one can sing and I can croak. Because that one, you know what I mean? I mean, they're so smart and I'm struggling. Just Is it I before E? No. Or is it A before okay. But each one should use whatever gift. There's a lot of gifts. They're not just platform. They're all kind of gifts. Each one should use whatever gift he has received. He's received it. Anything I got, I got it from God. If it's good, I got it from God. If it's bad, you can... Uh, that's all me. But he received it. See, God deposited it. God put it there. Each one, everyone's got one, should use. God says, use it. Exercise. That's how it blooms. That's how it becomes beneficial. That's how it grows. Has received. Each one should use whatever gift he has received. Everything I have, I've received from the goodness of God. But I'm to use it not to puff up myself, but to serve others. I'm to use it not just so I can feel good. I want to use my gift. Why? Because I want to be a big... No. Your gift's not so much about making you feel good. It does bring fulfillment when we do what God's given us to do. That's true. But my motive should be, I want to bless someone. I, I don't have the gift. Some people really got the gift of helps. They love cooking. They cook meals and bring them to people. They come and do things. I get that. I, that blesses me. That bless. I don't have that. But I'm telling you, I see it in people. And, and I tell I, I love helping them in their ministry. Because I, I, I eat it. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean I, I'll help them out. I'll be a recipient. And I, I can tell you from the receiving end, they're a blessing. But I also know they get fulfillment out of that. They feel satisfied because they're working something God gave them. So you do get blessed, but the, that's not the first thing that for to me, it's for me to be a blessing. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully. See, see God doesn't want us just, oh, I, I used it in 1982. No, 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 no. It's part of my life. What God has given me is part of me. Faithfully administering God's grace in its again, various forms. Various forms. From, from teaching and singing to mowing and cooking to, to 
teaching the children to going and taking care of the widows. Oh, so many. To writing, administrating. So many different gifts. Um, and we administer God's grace. Remember, he gave it to me. So everything I have, it's a grace gift. He gave it. And it's various shinings. It's various expressions. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? In the next verse, it says, Now if anyone speaks, he'll do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he'll do it with the strength God provides. So again, they're speaking, uh, they're serving, just two broad things of um, certain type of gifts, certain other serving type gifts. But either way, either way, we give it our all, we wholeheartedly serve it, Lord, we receive His strength to do it. And it says, if anyone serves, do it with the strength God provides. So that, here it is, here's the ultimate goal. We're blessing people and that is a joy, that is fulfilling, but even beyond that. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Because, listen, you, you know, Jesus said if you do it to the least of them, you've done it unto, you see, when you go the extra mile and say, you know, I, I, I'll take care of that nursery. You go the extra mile, I, I'll teach that class. Uh, you know what? I know so-and-so. They're, they're kind of, I think they're going through a, a rough patch. Maybe I'll, I, I, you know, I'll drop over a Walmart card or maybe I'll just get a bit. And, and God says, thank you for that. Jesus says, thank you for feeding me. Jesus says, thank you. The budget was tight this week and um, you don't know how far that little $25 gift card is going to help us to the next paycheck comes. We bless people, but we ultimately glorify God. Hallelujah. Let's go on. David was a skillful musician. David David was a courageous man. Wow. He was a courageous man. David had a reputation, even as a young man, willing to fight bears and lions by himself. If he's down here, he about he he deals them gators all by himself. He said, I'll take them on. Amen. He take on bears and David. That's David. David's like that. You imagine that? I don't know if there was a lion out. I probably, I probably, say, hey, I need some help. They got a men's meeting right after church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I don't know if I'm gonna go out there by myself. But David was a courageous man, and those that walk with God should be people of courage, confidence. This courage is needed in our Christian walk for those that are present-day Davids, present-day leaders, soldiers of Christ. We need courage in this present hour. I'm talking about moral courage, even beyond the natural thing. Courage is needed and it comes from. It's a byproduct. It flows from trusting and being confident in God. Being convinced and certain. God is with us. God goes before us. And if God before us, who can be against? There's a confidence that His Word is true and it can be trusted in all circumstances and in all situations. Again, the, the courage is not something we work up in ourselves, but it's a byproduct. It's an outflow of our relationship with this God. And it can't be borrowed. It has to be a personal thing. You know, the most important things in life cannot be borrowed. you got to possess them personally. You can borrow a cup of sugar. If you're a teen, you can borrow Dad's car, but you can't borrow Dad's salvation. Certain things you can't borrow. You've got to have your own salvation. You have to personally receive Jesus into your heart and serve Him with your life. Oh, salvation can't be borrowed. And character and courage, these things cannot be borrowed. Character cannot be borrowed. You have to have your own purity, your own integrity, your own discipline, your own devotion. You have to develop that. You can't borrow someone else's courage. It comes as you walk with God and you see God work in your life and you learn that you can trust the Word and depend on this great God and you go through a couple of little battles and your faith will get stronger and your courage will grow and you'll know that this God is with you. 
And you'll know that nothing is too hard for Him. And you'll face whatever hell throws against you. And you might not win everything as far as the world looking at, but you'll win in the Spirit. You'll win by faith. It won't steal your joy. It won't knock you off your salvation. You'll get up if you fall down. You'll sing even when you feel like crying. There's something about walking with this God and having this God with you. He gives you a courage that the world don't know and the world can't take it away. A courage to be bold. A courage to be certain. A courage to stand when others are running. A courage to rejoice when others are bound. A courage to be consistent when others are compromising. Oh God, raise up men and women of a spiritual courage in this present hour. Glory be to God forevermore. It takes courage to stand our ground. It takes courage to advance into our inheritance. It takes courage to rise up from failures. And we all fail. We all fall. But courage gets back up and gets back on that horse. And it says one more time, one more time. Courage is needed. Stand our ground morally, spiritually. Guarding the blessing. Holding the line. Holding on to what has been entrusted to our lives. For in this fallen world, in this present culture and age, Bible convictions and standards will be and are being challenged on every side. In the last 20 years, this present fallen age has attacked even the most sacred spiritual truths and standards. And it will be demanded... That God's people are morally convinced about what we believe. Oh, this present generation, they got some problems in what they believe on some basic Christian truths. They, they allow that world's been soaking them in since they were in kindergarten. You know, the TV has been getting to them. And now they're wavering on some things God's very clear about. And it will be demanded. We need courage in the morals. Courage in spirit. It's easy to go on that broad road. When the narrow road, they'll call you names. And the narrow road, they'll point their finger and make you sound like you're so bad. And they'll call, oh, it will be demanded that God's people are morally convinced what they believe. And have courage enough to stand firm in the face of all spiritual and cultural opposition. All immoral legislation. All cultural acceptance that would come against us. A courage to stand tall when others are bowing low. A courage to stand with the minority with Christ than the majority of this present age. A courage that says, I will take that narrow road. That's the road Jesus is walking on. Whether everyone else wants to go on the broad road. Yes, yes, yes. David was a man of courage. He was a man after God's own heart. And it took courage to stand firm. It took courage to refuse to compromise. It took courage to endure rejection, accusation, opposition, the line. It takes courage to stand our ground morally and spiritually. It takes courage to advance and make progress in spiritual life. Just because God promised it is no guarantee you'll possess it unless you have the courage to go for it. And hell will try to hinder you. Hell will try to discourage you. The promises of God don't always come easy. The callings of God aren't always easily laid out. They must be pursued. They must be fought for. It takes a courage. Sometimes you get wounded along the way. Sometimes you fall down, but you got to get back up. It takes a courage to take the land. Opposition is a reality. The enemy of your soul will try to hinder you and discourage you, but you gotta want it. You gotta be willing to fight for it. You gotta go for it. Joshua 1 and 9. Joshua 1 and 9. We need courage not just to stand. We need courage to advance and go forward in the things of God. God says, Joshua, listen, I'm willing to give you a promised land. I am willing to take on any of the hindrances that'll come your way, but I require some things of thee, O Joshua. He requires some things of you. 
New Pleasant Grove, child of God, there are some requirements in this Christian experience if you want to walk in the fullness of what God has decreed and declared for thee. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. you got to be courageous because there's enough things out there that will get you to turn back and run back to mommy. There's another thing out there that will get you to say, listen, I'll just stay here. Don't worry about it, Mr. Devil. You can have it. Didn't really want it anyhow. Listen, if you want God's best, it will demand of thee a courage. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. God says there are going to be giants, but I'll be with you. There are going to be disappointments, but I'll be with you. There will be people that say, you can't have it, you can't do it, but I will be with you. And if you'll trust me, if you'll believe me, and if you'll keep on keeping on, you'll see Jericho's walls come tumbling down. You'll see giants succumb to your faith. And I'll bring you in to the good of the land. Don't let that calling die. Rise up and say, I'm going to possess it. I dare you, devil. You can't keep my calling. You won't have it. I'm going to possess it. I'll fight you and your five brothers. But I believe God and I'm not willing to settle for anything less than God's best. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. That, 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 that child's going to get saved. That grandkid's coming to Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, it takes courage. It takes courage. Faith is not denial. Tell your neighbor, faith is not denial. We just try to forget things. That's not faith. That's not trying to face the fact. It's a fight to fight. Not thinking about it, don't settle it. No, eyeball that devil. This is the promise. I'm going to pray till it comes to pass. This is the will of God. And I'm going to groan. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle, brother. We wrestle. You better believe we wrestle. We wrestle. You're not willing to wrestle, you can't have it. You got to fight for this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Hey! Courage! Courage to stand. Courage to advance. Courage to rise up when you fall. Welcome to the family. When you fall, when you make a mistake, take a wrong turn. It happens. What are you going to do? You're going to stand up. You're going to look up. But you're never, never, never going to give up. Courage. Say, Lord, forgive me. Give me another chance. Courage. Say, Lord, I'll probably do better next time. I, I, I messed it. Forgive me. I'm getting back on track. It takes courage. It takes courage. Yeah, it does. David, David was a man of courage. David was prudent. David was prudent. Hang in there. David was a prudent, prudent in manners. This word literally means he was able to say and do the right things at the right time. Wow. Hang on here. Hang on here. You gotta get this. So I said, Oh Lord, he took his jacket off. Oh, oh don't oh, oh. <laughs> You read anything you want into that. Amen. <laughs> I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Amen. Verse eighteen said he, he was prudent, able to say and do the right thing at the right time. It's very important. Servant notice is very important, though. Because when you represent the king, when you're in the presence of the king, you have to care how you carry yourself. When you're given access, and a lot of people want access and authority, but don't tell me how to act. God says, are you kidding me? It says of David, the Lord was with him. He, he knew how to carry himself. He knew there was time to speak, there was time to hush. He knew how to properly attire. All in being prudent. He was given access and influence and authority. And that brings responsibility. You know, sometimes we go a little too far with this, I don't care what anyone thinks stuff. And on one hand, you can be bound by what people think. But on the other hand, you can just be a rebel. And that's just your way of justifying your rebellion. 
I read in Reader's Digest, person wrote, I noticed that fewer drivers are using their turn signals and it drives me crazy. I was with a friend the other day who wasn't using his direction. I said, well, why aren't you using your turn signal? He shot back, you know what? It's nobody's business what direction I'm turning. I said, we go crazy, don't The rest of us on the road would beg to differ with you, amen? The rest of us, you know what I mean? The rest of us, we beg to differ with you. But David was being blessed with access to the king. And you're not just bringing anyone to the king's presence. And once he began to get more access, he had influence now. Because he was close with the king. Not just anyone can have access. Not just anyone can get influence. God demands. It matters how I carry myself if I'm serving the great king. It matters how I live and how I act if I'm always in the presence of this great king. It says David was prudent in speech. Prudent. David was being blessed with access. He would be getting influence. And it's important that he speaks properly, thinks clearly, acts correctly. The ability to keep our Christian composure when things are pressure-filled, disappointments, confusion. Aware of where he is and who he represents. Such a person must carry himself properly. Be consistent. Be sensitive to the surroundings. Be alert. Be trustworthy. Proverbs 14 and 8. Proverbs 14 and 8. Hallelujah. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. Think before you speak. Think. If I act, the folly of fools is deception. I just can do anything I want. And you wonder why you never get the job. And you wonder why. Yeah. 12 and 16, 12 and 16. Talking about prudence, the ability to carry ourselves, recognizing I represent the great king. Recognizing I live, you live constantly in the presence of this king. And one of the wonderful characters about David, the Lord was with him, prudent. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. He knows how to handle things. He knows not to blow up. He can handle. But in this world, if you can't handle insults, you're going to have some problems. If you can't handle uh, people that are, you know what I mean, they're not saved, they're nuts. You know what I mean? If you can't handle that, if that knocks you off your game, you're not going to have much game. Amen? All right. All right. And there was one more in verse 18 that we missed. Let me just, real quick, I'll give you one line. I'll give it to you one line. All right. Um, skillful, man of valor, man of war, prudent in speech, handsome person, a handsome person. Listen, very carefully. Just work with what you got. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to say handsome. Hey. Hey, listen, man. No, no, no. Don't that make you jealous? I mean, some guy's got everything. I mean, not only he's a warrior, he's skillful, he can sing, he can write poetry, he can kill Goliath, and he's good looking on top of it. I'm just saying, somebody, you know what I mean? It's like God bless some people and the rest of us. So what can you do? Listen, you work with what you got. Work with what you got. And don't get jealous of how God's blessing your brother. Amen? Amen. What are you going to say? He's good looking. They throw that in there. You imagine that? Right? He probably never had to do a sit-up. He probably had a... You know, right? He probably had a... You know? I'm just saying. Don't get jealous. Don't get upset about someone else. You know what I mean? Just work with what you got. That's all we can do. I'm closing. All right, this is my, this is my final, final, all right. <laughs> Work with what you got, I don't know. This is our example, David, the inspired selection. We said, number one, the Lord was with him. And, and you know, if you'll walk with God, God will be with you in a special way. It wasn't by accident, and it's not an accident with us, but we'll seek first the kingdom, amen? And, and we'll do our best to honor God. He'll honor us. And if we'll develop that relationship. The Lord will be with us. He desires Emmanuel, God, with us. Amen? And he wants, okay, the Lord is with him. He was a skillful musician. Um, whatever God has given you, 
Use it for His glory. Use it to bless others. And when you use it, give a quality effort. Give a quality effort. Amen? Give a quality effort. Number three, He was courageous and brave. And again, this moral, spiritual courage is really a a byproduct, an outflow of the relationship of knowing Him and walking with Him. And the more you walk with Him, you go through things and you see His hand come to your aid and your courage gets stronger. Amen? And you walk with Him and He brings you through and it grows. And So the Lord is with Him, skillful musician, courageous and brave, and He carried Himself properly. Let's be aware of whose presence we are always in and of who we represent. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to open the altar. If you, if you need prayer or you would like to pray after I close with this prayer, you're invited to come. If you just want someone to stand with you and believe God for a specific thing, please come. If you just want to come and kneel at the altar and talk to the Lord and make a fresh devotion. Um, uh, David is a wonderful example. And the Bible gives us these things so we'll have a good pattern to imitate. Things we can shoot for in our own lives. Things we've been growing and uh, working at. Stand with me, please, and we close in our prayer. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We're so thankful, God. I thank you, Lord, for the Scripture. I thank you that you give us these examples, Lord. Different patterns that we can imitate. And you give us your Holy Spirit to help us develop in these areas that you have shown us are important to you. It's important, Lord, that we be men and women of courage, and men and women that diligently use our gifts to serve others and to glorify your name. That we remember that we represent you. And we must watch how we carry ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, that you're with us. Because, God, I don't know what we would do if you weren't with us. If we didn't know, regardless of what we're facing, you're going to be with us. Regardless of the challenges that are before us, you will be with us. And you'll be with us in just the perfect way. You'll give peace to our hearts. You'll give wisdom to our minds. You'll give strength to our hands. You'll help us on the job to be a good witness. You'll help us when we go through the various medical things to keep a good courage. And as we do our part to use our gifts for your glory, you'll open up doors that we could touch more lives for you, that we could use the gifts that you've given us to bless many, many others. Father, I thank you for this example. Help us to grow and improve in these important areas. And Lord, help each one of us to remember we're always in your presence and we always represent you. Help us to carry ourselves properly and consistently for our King. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, let's sing this one time through. If you need prayer, come. If you'd like to pray, come.